1: This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Mary Reeser lived alone in St. Petersburg, Florida. On July 1, 1951, the 67-year-old widow received a visit from her son, and she appeared to be in good spirits. The following day, Mary's landlady went to the apartment to deliver a telegram. Sure, it was a Florida summer, but the landlady knew that couldn't possibly explain why her front doorknob was extremely warm to the touch. Concerned, the landlady entered the apartment. In the living room, she could see where Mary liked to sit in her easy chair but the chair was gone, and so was Mary. All that remained was a pile of ash, a burned portion of her skull and spine, and her left foot still wearing a black silk slipper. Mary's skull was said to have shrunk to the size of a cup. Her remains were so destroyed by the fire that the firefighters almost missed them. When police examined the gruesome scene, they were curious to find the rest of the room and in fact the entire apartment, were untouched by the blaze. There was an oily residue on the carpet around the area where her chair had stood. Soot and smoke darkened the upper walls and ceiling of the apartment, but the lower half of the walls were clean. Light switches near Mary's body were melted, but the plugs closer to the floor were not and still worked. Candles close to the site were melted, but the wicks were not burned. A pile of newspapers and bedsheets, only a few feet from her charred remains, were not damaged. The theories behind Mary's death circulated as people reached out to the St. Petersburg police with their ideas. One letter to the police said, quote, A ball of fire came through the open window and hit her. I seen it happen. Feeling stumped, the police chief wrote a letter to the head of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, saying, quote, Dear Mr. Hoover, This fire is too puzzling for the small-town force to handle. A week later, samples from the apartment were sent to the FBI for forensic testing, including a portion of the living room rug, remnants of the chair, a sample of Mary's remains, and her slipper. It didn't take long for the FBI to release their report on why her body was heavily damaged, but the room was not. Local authorities had already determined that her cause of death was accidental, By fire of unknown origin. Mary was a heavy smoker. It was hypothesized that after her son left, she had taken sleeping pills, lit a cigarette, and fallen asleep in the chair, only to be burned to death after the cigarette ignited her rayon nightgown. Experts from the FBI, however, concluded that Mary's body was completely incinerated by the wick effect. Hang on, this is not going to be pretty. With the wick effect, Body fat melts into the clothes, creating an effect similar to a candle. The clothes become the wick and are fueled for a long period of time by the body fat. It's been described as an inside-out candle. According to the FBI report, quote: Once the body became ignited, almost complete destruction occurred from its own fatty tissues. Mary Reeser was 170 pounds. It was determined that her body fat could have smoldered throughout the night, with the smoke and hot air rising in the room. Dr. Wilton Krogman, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania, had investigated over 30 fire deaths. He wrote, I cannot conceive of such complete cremation without more burning of the apartment. Both he and local funeral home directors said it would have taken three to four hours of burning at 2,500 to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit to cremate a body. If Mary's body had burned at this level, there should have been more damage in the apartment, such as nearby newspapers or the bedsheets, both of which were untouched. Krogman also said that rather than shrinking, Mary's skull should have expanded. He said, quote, The opposite has always been true. The skulls have exploded into hundreds of pieces, or been abnormally swollen. Shortly after the fire, the local police chief called Mary Reeser's death, quote, "...the most unusual case I've ever seen during my almost 25 years of police work in the city of St. Petersburg." Seventy years later, the case still remains open, with no clear answers of what happened. How could her body have been reduced to ashes so quickly without causing damage throughout her apartment? Mary Reeser's death continues to capture local attention, and she is known as the Cinder Woman. My name is Eric Crosby. Welcome to this episode of True. True. It's the stuff of horror stories. For no explainable reason, a person simply bursts into flames. This phenomenon has captured our imagination, mixing a healthy dose of fear with the wonder of what could have caused this extreme destruction. The term spontaneous human combustion has only come into use recently, but there have been cases of unexplained fire-related deaths throughout history. The first documented case was in the 15th century an Italian knight drank a few glasses of strong wine, and then started to belch fire. He then burst into flames and died. His table manners may have left a bit to be desired, but incineration seems an extreme price to pay for such a breach of etiquette. Over the next several hundred years, cases of spontaneous human combustion, around 200 or so, Were reported frequently enough that the phenomenon went from obscure urban legend to a rare but potential actuality. Two things helped catapult spontaneous human combustion into the limelight. The first was the unexplained death of a member of the nobility. In 1731, an Italian countess was found one morning, but only a pile of ashes, unburned legs, and her skull remained. The story told was that the fire was so hot and rapid that her torso disintegrated and her skull simply dropped to the floor. The supposed cause? Lightning through the chimney. When something like this happens to the upper classes, people start taking notice. The second reason that spontaneous human combustion moved into the forefront was because it started popping up in novels of the time. Famous authors like Herman Melville Mark Twain, and Washington Irving, all had characters explode into flames. The most famous example of this in literature happened in Charles Dickens' Bleak House. Mr. Crook, the sleazy alcoholic junk merchant, suddenly and without warning, bursts into a fiery ball, leaving nothing more than a pile of ashes. Dickens was criticized for this implausible death, but defended his approach in the preface to his book referencing examples and medical findings. This helped turn spontaneous human combustion from a fanciful and spectacular way of killing off villains in books to a real concern for people. The fact that documented examples were few and far between was irrelevant. The very thought of suddenly erupting into flames was a terrifying one, to say the least. So people naturally tried to find the commonalities between these unexplained deaths. Elderly and overweight women with a history of alcoholism were said to be most at risk. The concept soon became a cautionary tale against excessive alcohol consumption. The idea that it came as a divine punishment for leading an unhealthy lifestyle gained popularity. After all, alcohol is an accelerant.
0: Police in Oklahoma are investigating the mysterious burning death of a 65-year-old man. The local sheriff says it may be a case of human combustion.
1: There has to be an ignition source, a cigarette or anything like that. But, but then you look at the alcohol use that the, 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 the victim possibly was drinking a lot, smoking cigarettes, uh, not bathing, not taking good hygiene, and then and it could cause the combustion. Other aspects why this person... on fire in his his kitchen and is incinerated the way he is, but there's no other damage to the house. On Christmas Eve, 1885, in Seneca, Illinois, Patrick and Matilda Rooney were at home with their son and farmhand, enjoying a festive whiskey, or ten. The next day was Christmas, but when he didn't see any sign of his parents on a day when they'd normally get together, their son returned to his parents' place to check in on the older couple. By the time he arrived, the farmhand was waking up. He opened his bedroom door to be confronted by a burning smell. The farmhand met the son downstairs in the kitchen, where both men were overwhelmed by smoke. There had obviously been a fire. Patrick's lifeless body was found on the floor next to his bed. His bedroom was situated next to the kitchen, with the door joining the two rooms ajar. He wasn't burned— but had succumbed to fumes from the fire. There were no signs of Matilda, however. What could have caused the fire? In the kitchen, a candle on the table had been extinguished. Nothing suspicious there. Next to the table, however, was a -a two-and-a-half-by-three-foot hole that had burned through the floor of the kitchen. When law enforcement searched under the house, they made a grisly discovery. A pile of ash and human bones including a skull, vertebrae, hip bone, and part of a femur, were found. But perhaps the most disturbing find was a pair of women's feet, still wearing their shoes. Incredibly, apart from smoke damage, nothing else in the kitchen had been destroyed by the flames. Authorities, however, observed a dark, sludgy substance coating much of the home's furniture and walls. If the candle had started the fire, it would have been completely burned and would have ignited other materials in the room. But there was no other possible source of ignition found. Investigators concluded that the Roonies had become so drunk that Patrick passed out on his bedroom floor. Matilda however had fallen asleep at the kitchen table and inexplicably burst into flames. Patrick unconscious in his bedroom inhaled the fumes from Matilda's burning body and asphyxiated. The farmhand was another casualty of the incident, passing away a couple of weeks later due to damage from smoke inhalation. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.
0: Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Afford
1: Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models,
0: and how to think about...
1: In early December 1966, 92-year-old Dr. John Irving Bentley of Pennsylvania did not answer the door for the meter reader. Knowing the retired doctor was getting on in years, the man simply let himself in and headed to the basement. While down there, he saw a pile of ash about a foot tall and noticed smoke and a sickly, sweet burning smell. What he found was enough to turn anyone's stomach. In the bedroom, the unsuspecting man came upon Dr. Bentley's charred remains. All that was left was the lower half of his right leg, still wearing his slipper. His walker was against the bathtub, and the remains of his bathrobe were nearby. There was also a two-by-four-foot hole in the bathroom floor. The meter reader ran from the house to his office a block away, and screamed, quote, Dr. Bentley's burned up! Similar to Mary Reeser, there were questions about how Dr. Bentley could burn for hours at the temperatures required to cremate a body, without causing significant damage to his wooden house. The bathtub next to his body was not blistered from the heat, and the rubber ends on the legs of his walker were not melted, despite being found on top of the hole in the floor. So, was this simply a matter of Dr. Bentley possibly nodding off while smoking? The deputy coroner believed so and wrote in his report, quote, "...looks like Doc Bentley was smoking his pipe, the pipe toppled over and spilled over the tobacco, and, in the meantime, he fell asleep. When he woke up, he was on fire. Because of the flannel nightshirt, pieces fell on the floor as he went to the bathroom." But again, it's challenging to reconcile the temperatures needed to reduce his body to a pile of ash with the minimal damage to the house. The case is still unsolved. So, we may never know. Typically, when the remains of someone suspected of spontaneous human combustion are discovered, there's little more left than a pile of ashes and perhaps a hand or a foot, the entire body having been consumed by flames. The remains are almost always found indoors, with flammable objects near the body completely intact and minimally affected by the fire. Same for the floor, walls, and ceiling, often untouched except for a residue of dark colored grease. One consistent feature is a lack of an obvious source of fire. There may be a lit candle or a fireplace nearby, but they clearly didn't cause the burn. Total combustion of the human body doesn't happen as quickly as you might imagine. It can take hours If a human body slowly burns in an indoor space like a living room, the water content in the body evaporates, later recondensing on surfaces such as furniture and walls. Combined with the burning fatty tissue, this can account for the greasy residue. The less fatty parts of the body, such as the feet or hands, are what's left behind. Because fire burns upwards, The floors and ceilings immediately above and below the bodies sustain fire and smoke damage, while all other areas of a room remain eerily untouched. 89-year-old Margaret Hogan lived alone in her home in Dublin, Ireland. One day in March, 1970, her neighbor came around, as she often did, to check in on her. When the neighbor left, Margaret was sitting in her armchair in the living room, with a small coal fire burning in the fireplace to ward off the late afternoon chill. But, by the next morning, Margaret had been reduced to ashes and cinders. All that remained were her legs from the knees down, and her feet. Like in the other cases, there was very little damage to the room. Only the armchair and a three-foot square patch of the rug in the floor had been destroyed, Beyond the near-complete reduction of the body to ash, there were other signs of intense heat. A vase of plastic flowers liquefied, and the TV set had, quote, turned into a blob in the corner, according to the first reporter on the scene. A black, greasy substance covered the walls. Yet again, officials could not determine what caused a fire that could completely destroy a body, but not the rest of the room. They found no connection between the small coal fire in the fireplace and the blaze that likely killed Margaret Hogan. The Irish Times reported that police, going door-to-door, found witnesses who said they saw a ball of orange light glowing through the front window. People floated around ideas such as a lightning strike or even ball lightning. One enthusiastic reporter suggested that Margaret perhaps swallowed a lit cigarette. When reporters called the Dublin city coroner to ask him for his opinion on whether this could be a case of spontaneous combustion, he expressed a lot of interest. Apparently, he and another coroner had a bet. The first to work on a case of spontaneous combustion had to buy the other dinner. The coroner said, quote, The circumstances of the burning are unusual, and would conform to what is called spontaneous combustion. After Margaret Hogan's death, the Dublin city coroner, got that free meal. So how does spontaneous combustion even happen in the first place? Is the truth too hot to handle, or is something as pedestrian as falling asleep with a cigarette to blame? Theories range from the chemical to the paranormal. Perhaps an accumulation of static electricity in the human body. Or maybe the influence of external geomagnetic forces. Or maybe it's just stress. In his book, A Blaze, author Larry Arnold proposed that spontaneous human combustion was not only possible but caused by the presence of a somewhat mysterious subatomic particle called pyroton. Arnold hypothesized that this particle interacted directly with cells inside the body creating a chemical explosion.
0: The point of origin of the energy that consumes the victim appears to originate in the torso, in the center part of the body, and radiates outward much like a human fireball. After several hours of exposure to temperatures as high as 22 to 2600 degrees Fahrenheit, is not merely dust, but bone fragment. Bone fragments which are then mechanically pulverized to the proverbial dust and ash. In some cases, there was what we would call the human Hiroshima effect that at the subatomic level in the human body, a chain reaction begins to unleash itself. It radiates outward, literally outward from the subatomic level to the atomic level to the physical structure of the human body. And in doing so, the tremendous amount of energy released instantaneously literally vaporizes the moisture content of the body away. These people become their own self-immolators, their own crematoria.
1: Sounds like a promising theory, until you realize that Pyroton has not yet been proven to exist. One key contention of skeptics about spontaneous combustion is that there are rarely any witnesses. But in September 1982, the first recorded case of someone witnessing spontaneous human combustion occurred. 61-year-old Jeannie Saffin lived with her family in North London. One day, while simply sitting at the kitchen table, Jeannie's upper body suddenly erupted in blue flames. Her father saw a flash of bright light out of the corner of his eye. He turned and saw her sitting still with her hands in her lap, as her body was on fire. Her father and brother-in-law managed to put the fire out and rushed her to the hospital. But a week later, Jeannie succumbed to third-degree burns and severe injuries caused by inhaling the heat generated by the fire. Again, the source of ignition was a complete mystery. There was no fire lit in the house, nor was the stove on. Whatever the cause, it left a traumatic and lasting impact on the Safin family. Her brother-in-law told the newspaper, The Independent, quote, She was roaring like a dragon. The kitchen wasn't damaged, but her cardigan melted. The inquest never sorted it out, but I know what I saw. One of the more recent cases of spontaneous combustion was that of 76-year-old Michael Faraday. Faraday lived alone in the suburbs of Galway, Ireland. One day in December 2010, in the early morning hours, One of Faraday's neighbors was awoken by the sound of a smoke alarm. The neighbor ran into the street, only to find smoke billowing from Faraday's house. When the fire department arrived and entered the house, he was found with severe burns. He was lying on his back on the living room floor, his head a few feet away from the fireplace where a small fire was still burning. Investigators noted that the floor and ceiling directly above and below Faraday's body were damaged by the fire but everything else in the room was intact, and there was no sign of any accelerants. The coroner created a few waves when he formally declared his death due to spontaneous human combustion. It's usually a conclusion left to conspiracy theorists, or fans of the X-Files. But in his report, he noted, quote, this fire was thoroughly investigated, and I'm left with the conclusion that this fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion, for which there is no adequate explanation.
0: This is a real unexplained fire, and the local officials are open-minded enough to realize that this case falls outside the parameters of everything that they've been taught. This requires an incredibly intense, in-depth investigation.
1: As otherworldly, as spontaneous human combustion may seem, most scientists agree that there is no conclusive proof. So, no need to get hot under the collar about the prospect of potentially bursting into flames without warning. As far as science is concerned, at this point in time, spontaneous human combustion isn't something you need to be getting all fired up about. As always, a huge thanks for listening. I'll be back on January 5th with all new episodes. See you then.